The AdBlue crisis. AdBlueGate. Not to worry, dude. The Crimson Avenger and his elite team of self-entitled former private schoolboys who all look like vegetables, they're on it. <laughs> and the Lord is watching over us in any case, as he is in all things, obviously. So, on balance, all good. Not to worry. I'm Jim Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap <laughs> for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can simply kick, kick and click, whatever you prefer. Depends on your flexibility. Those hammies first thing in the morning. Though. Mm. Which on the balance of probability is up there now, dude. You've probably heard about the AdBlue crisis. It's pretty hard to consume any media without seeing it at the moment. The media is, of course, so good at overhyping everything. The parliamentary vegetable private schoolboys so happy also to be in the eye of the shitstorm where they can hospital pass the blame, thus apparently sorting things out with their arts degrees and their washed-up journo media advisors. So, here's what you need to know, inspired by a raft of questions kind of like this one from you. Oh, John, I just watched a video on AdBlue and was wondering what is the difference between the DPF and AdBlue and is one better than the other? Your comments on this would be great to hear, thank. David, Davo, on ya. Australia, oi, oi, friggin' oi. Here you gone. Thanks, mate. Great question. So, DPFs and AdBlue are completely different things, dude. Targeting completely different emissions problems. Both of them quite serious. DPFs catch dangerous microscopic particles of soot coated in carcinogenic shit, which are exactly the right slash wrong size to lodge in one's lungs and give one cancer for Christmas. The only question, of course, being which Christmas? Instead, the particles on the way out of the poop chute in a modern diesel get entombed in a stainless steel coffin just next to the exhaust manifold, and then they get roasted in hellfire, <laughs> periodically, when the DPF regenerates as you lope along the highway. So that's nice. Except for the particles, I suppose, but who gives an actual flying intercourse about them? Certainly not me. I'm with God on this one. I'm happy to roast those particles in hell because they never believed in me. AdBlue, also called DEF for diesel exhaust fluid, somewhat uncreatively, is about effing off the gases called NOx, which are also toxic but quite unrelated to the particles. Essentially, tiny amounts of AdBlue are injected into hot exhaust gas and they catalyze the shit out of NOx with tiny chemical katanas, and they thus turn NOx into harmless nitrogen gas and water so it doesn't give granny emphysema, which is what we want, I think you'd agree. Modern trucks use AdBlue and also some lighter diesel vehicles like many Euro ones and the Ford Everest. A light vehicle like an Everest, uses about one litre of AdBlue for 600 to 1,000 Ks, but a heavy truck uses substantially more, maybe one litre for every 70 kilometres. 
Shout out at this point to Wazza Clark from the Trucking Lobby. This has been an awesome opportunity for them to get front and centre on the news and do what they do best, which is fear-monger the shit out of this kind of thing and otherwise pump it up out of all proportion for their members. <laughs> Diesel crisis threatens to grind Australia to a halt, Transport Industry warns. This is... Full-on trousered TP stuff, if you're a network news director, isn't it? So we're talking about trucks, we're talking about tractors, harvesters, agriculture. We're talking about power generation in South Australia. We're talking about the whole country is going to be impacted if we don't solve this lack of supply. Big truckin' was there, delivering his stay calm, we're all fucked speech. Well done, mate. So you're not got anything getting delivered to supermarkets, you've got power not being generated. In Australia's living cemetery, you've got tractors that can't harvest, you've got hospitals that don't have backup generators, all this sort of thing. Yeah, was, okay, we get it, dude, understood. Nightmare hellscape on some fronts, seemingly. But aside from that, all good? Spare me the fear-mongering shitheadery around all of this and the media culture that just laps it up. Essentially, senior executive political assholes have allowed our formerly great nation to become entirely dependent upon China for urea, which is the major industrial precursor to AdBlue, but also for fertiliser. And it's also used in skincare and explosives and teeth whitening potions and a browning agent for mass-produced pretzels. Yes. Go figure. Most people don't know that. Pee on a pretzel. Anywho, China needs more fertiliser in-house, allegedly, and... Uh, Potato Head 6, Starchy Voldemort, keeps wanting to go to war with China because no sense of proportion, basically. He's clearly compensating. So China has turned off the urea tap down under, essentially. And apparently we have about seven weeks until Mad Max dystopia kicks off again, <laughs> if you believe fear-mongering truckin' was. Diesels that need AdBlue, which is only a few passenger vehicles and about half of heavy trucks like the more modern ones, they won't run without AdBlue in the tank. It goes in a separate tank, right? But this is only a legislative requirement. There's no technical operational reason why a modern diesel truck will not run just as efficiently when the AdBlue tank is dry. Like the engine's going to run and there's no downside operationally, except for the emissions. The truck will move and haul payload just like before. It's just going to pollute a little bit more, which is not ideal. But if the alternative is friggin' zombies running amok again in the street and Mila with the kukri knives out getting all wet, okay. The thing that stops the engine running is just a piece of software. 
So to avert this crisis in the short term, all the useless shitheads in Canberra need to do is invoke some emergency power or other or just make one up and then make a loophole in emissions legislation, which is what? A morning's work at best on a sitting day. Then you could just plug your truck in at the dealership and drop a few lines of shiny new code in the engine control ECU and turn off the empty tank AdBlue engine interlock and thereby unmad max the shit out of the future. Which is kind of what we're paying them to do. I'd suggest if you can lock the population down endlessly and march the military through the streets and give the police unprecedented stop and identify powers and turn the joint into an international laughingstock, then this baby doesn't seem like a particularly big administrative slash regulatory hurdle to deal with. At least, not to me. And then, senior Canberra cockheads would simply need to figure out how to make urea here, on shore, and sever this particular umbilical to our northern neighbour as an urgent national security priority. I mean, if we can buy useless, defective joint strike fighters for billions upon billions, surely we can do this. Pro tip, that F-35 is an engineering disgrace, and in any case, Australia has never defended the mainland. Like, never fired a shot in defence of the actual mainland using a jet fighter. Never. Not the F-4 Phantom II, not the F-111, not the F-A-18. Furthermore, if we can burn untold billions more taxpayer dollars, sandpaper dildoing our formerly solid French connection over the next shitbox submarine issue, could we not spend some trivial hundreds of millions in chump change just making fertiliser and ad blue and keeping the fucking pretzels brown in-house? What I'm saying here is vulnerabilities of this nature are profoundly unaddressed. They're real national security issues, kind of like fires and pandemics. I am, of course, guilty of thinking about this like an engineer. I could never hope to be... Angus Taylor, the Minister for Energy and Emissions Reduction. We are on top of the situation, but I understand the global shortage may alarm people. I can assure Australians that the government is working to ensure we do not face any shortages. We are quickly and actively working to ensure supply chains of both refined urea and AdBlue are secure so that industry can have certainty on their operations. Big T there, appeasing the crap out of truck and wazza and bullshitting his little heart out on Coalition Suckfest Radio 3AW, a division of Costello's cockheads. I mean, nine Fairfax. His comments straight from the yes ministerial playbook, only, of course, not funny. But thank the Lord you're there in the hot seat, Gus. I thought we were properly doomed when the beetrooter was detained in Washington recently. Nasty business. How the country functions without him, I do not know. He manages to do all that he does and photosynthesize. That's amazing. Mr. Taylor is an economist. 
who used his considerable academic training in places like Oxford to study English pubs. <laughs> You'd agree? So fucking Australian right there. I'm not making that up, incidentally. He diligently researched English pubs. Legend. That was before developing the revolutionary farm shed business model, agribusiness, which collapsed, losing millions. Yes. And of course, politics was the next and most obvious step, I suppose. Props also to Big T for failing to declare his consulting business, JRAT International, on the Register of Parliamentary Interests. No need for a federal ICAC, clearly. Note to self, must declare Moorcock Consolidated when elected. Don't forget. You economists, right? You all think economics is like physics, only harder. Pro tip. It's not. Big T is assisted in the ad blue limelight of being seen to be doing everything possible, but in fact just basking in ongoing parliamentary stasis by... Trade Minister Dan Tehan. And he doesn't even look remotely like a root vegetable. So how did he get a gig in Cabinet? Like, come on. Maybe a carrot. Mr Tehan has an arts degree and he's a career politician as well as being one of those conservative, prolific breeders who opposes same-sex marriage. What we don't want to see is people or companies storing AdBlue excessively because we want to make sure the supply chain can continue to operate as best they normally can. T-bone there, as I'm sure he'd be known if the rap career had taken off instead, doesn't want to see AdBlue becoming the nation's next toilet tissue hoarder target. I'd give that statement by him, quoted by Auntie on Monday, about three or maybe even five out of ten for functional literacy. That's an arts degree at work right there, in my view. Rocking those qualifications, T-Bone. Honey got a booty like pow, pow, pow. I struggle with the syntax on that one, I really do. Like, did Honey go out and get one, or was she just blessed, you know, by the Lord? We'll never know. T-Bone's brilliant solution to AdBlue dystopia is to wait for it. Is to go and beg Indonesia for AdBlue aid. <sighs> I shit you not. That's his big idea. I never thought the tables of international aid could turn that far. Like a complete 180 on the Lazy Susan front, you know. But then for the first four decades of my life, I never thought the joint actually was Shitsville because that's been a somewhat recent development and the death of a thousand cuts, seemingly. <sighs> Meanwhile, in reality, urea is, of course, a major component of urine or, as they say in Rooty Hill, peace, mate. It's kind of how... We mammals tell metabolic nitrogen that it's all over. And therefore, in order to make Australia less shit, to stop the nation turning into Mad Max, dead dingoes, diesel donger, 
and otherwise, you know, grinding to a halt, trucking lobby, wet dream, media opportunity, whatever. In order that that not happen, when I am your Prime Minister later this month, because, hey, I'm planning a Christmas coup, I will formalise the patriotic piss on Parliament program. And I think we can all see the merit in that. According to Statista, we proud Schittsvillian sons of Anzacs consumed 87.56 litres of beer per capita in 2018. Seems a little low to me, but anyway. Times 25 million is uh, 2.2 billion litres of beer. And that probably increased during lockdown. And ultimately, it all had to go somewhere, this national treasure, this resource. So I implore you, my fellow full-bladded Australian patriot, rebottle this precious resource today. Send it by Prime Ministerial Free Post to Lake Burley Griffin, the new national PP strategic nitrogen reserve. We'll plummet direct into the House of Reps like a moat to keep the rats in and watch the beetrooter swell. Yes. He's done that before. And otherwise help the well-meaning but generally incompetent, unrepresentative swill within to reboot the great Aussie urea industry, to pave the yellow road to Australian industrial independence. And let's make it organic. Together with your help, and Asahi, obviously, because this is a real good fit for them. I'm seeing sponsorship. We will keep the pretzels brown, we'll keep the teeth white, and force the cameras to turn away once again from fear-mongering transport lobby group assholes and arts degree holders whom you would frankly not trust running the fish and chip shop on a slow Wednesday afternoon. I implore you, my fellow Australian patriot, ask not what your next pee-pee can do for you. Ask instead what your pee-pee can do for your country.